Welcome everyone to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I'm Dr. Christine Schaffner, and today my guest is Dr. Yoni Witten, and we're going to be talking about breaking free from chronic pain. For those of you who don't know Dr. Witten, he is an expert in the art and science of permanent pain resolution. In addition to his hands-on work with patients over the last 15 years, Dr. Witten has spent years researching and studying with experts in manual medicine, functional neurology, and rehabilitation. Through his practice, he has developed a revolutionary approach to chronic pain. Now the system that Dr. Witten developed has been codified and is available to chronic pain sufferers around the world. The pain fix protocol blends the latest scientific research with essential concepts from the fields of natural movement, evolutionary health, nutrition, structural hygiene, self-care, and human performance. I really learned a lot and enjoyed my conversation with Dr. Witten, and I hope you do as well. And please check out his pain fix protocol if you resonate with his message. That's why Dr. Witten is on the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just dive in. And I know that we're going to talk about solutions and a lot of what you found through your clinical work, but I'd just love to hear your story a little bit of how you um, became an expert in chronic pain. Wow, that was actually by accident. I'm a, a lifelong athlete. I got into chiropractic to work with athletes. I was very much into the performance enhancement side of things. And then very early on in my practice, a patient walked in that completely shifted everything. So to this day, it's one of the worst patients in terms of their level of pain, their level of physical dysfunction and just psychological trauma that they'd been through. The guy had been working on a, his boat and he was like lifting the boat motor uh, with one arm and bending and working with a wrench underneath it. And, and he felt a tearing sensation, heard a pop, and then progressively became more and more disabled over, over the following week. Went in to see multiple doctors. Two of them said, I can't help you. They just threw their hands up. One of them tried and made the guy worse. <laughs> to take a moment to thank my sponsor, BioPure, for sponsoring the Spectrum of Health podcast. BioPure is a wonderful product line that I use in many of my treatment protocols at Eminence Health. I've been using them for over a decade, and BioPure does a lot of things that are so important to me. They use high-quality ingredients, they use results-oriented formulas, and they test their products for purity and potency, making sure that they are free from all of the things that we want to keep our patients away from and avoiding. You can't go wrong with BioPure, and I just, again, want to thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And if you're struggling out there, check out their products on Apothecary. We have a special discount of 10% for BioPure products on my website, and that's apothecarystore.com. And please use the code Spectrum of Health. So by the time he comes in to see me, he's already been in pain for months. He hasn't slept in months. He's got zero degrees of motion in his neck in any direction. He's in excruciating pain and has been for months, which is psychologically torturous, hasn't slept, scared as hell to be in my office. His wife literally dragged him in. She was also a patient. I do my physical exam and I'm falling in line with those first two doctors who are like, I can't help you. You know, there's just too many red flags. He's too far gone. I say to them, I explain the situation. I explain what my thoughts are. He's got atrophy of his arm. You know, it's very obvious that there's severe impingement on the nerves uh, at the base of the neck. I send him off for a neurosurgery consult and, and I'm new in practice. So I'm, I'm like a year in, I'm patting myself on the back. I'm like, yay, I did exactly what the board exams <laughs> wanted me to do. And then two weeks later, I get a call from his wife and she's in tears. And they had been to the neurosurgery consult and the doctor, the, the surgeon wanted to run a bunch of tests. And the wife says to me, we can't afford it. The guy who was injured, he was uh, he did these amazing murals for the fancy bars and restaurants downtown. But because he hadn't been able to work, they just didn't have any money. Mm. So they go, we can't afford these tests. We can't move forward on this edge. And she just pinned me into a corner and said, point blank in tears, will you help my husband? Mm. And I'm like, oh, I'm like sweating. Yeah. profusely, like on the phone, I'm sweating because I'm picturing in my head, like being drugged into a courtroom and being like, so what did you find on your exam? And <laughs> why did you think that you could help this patient, Dr. Witten? You know, I mean, I, I imagine a, a judge asking me these questions and I reluctantly agreed to help this guy. We worked together. I wish I could tell you it was a miracle. It was like an instant like fix. Uh, it wasn't that at all. What it was 
was a situation where I tried all of the things that I'd been taught in school for quote unquote pain management, which I hope is something that we'll get into over the course of this conversation. But I tried all of those things. None of them worked. And so I took all of what I had been taught and I just put it on the shelf. And I said, I'm going to do what I'm, what I'm good at, which is performance enhancement, which I know sounds really weird for a guy who can't move his neck in one degree in any direction. And so all I did was I said, this guy has zero degrees of movement in his neck. I'm going to restore range of motion to his neck. This sounds mean, but what I did was I said, I'm not even going to pay attention to his pain. I'm going to respect the pain, but we're not going to talk about the pain. And so all I did was work on the range of motion. And I found, I basically found his limits on everything. Every single day I worked with him, I was finding where the limit is. And then I was working up to that limit and then backing off. And over the course of several weeks, it felt like we were moving not at all. It felt like nothing was happening. And then uh, eight weeks in, he comes in, he's got a smirk on his face. And I was like, what's going on? And he's like, I slept through the night last night. I go, what do you mean? He goes, I haven't been able to sleep through the night six months. I slept all the way through the night. This is a major victory for somebody who's been in such pain. And a light bulb went off over my head. I was like, I'm onto something. And so I just kept doing that. Uh, One of my strengths is uh, tenacity. I will keep going after something. If I'm getting a, the littlest bit of positive feedback, I'll keep chasing it and I'll keep perfecting and I'll keep perfecting. I'm a, I'm a big fan of ready, fire, aim. So I, one of my hobbies is archery. And, and I always think of it like shooting at a target when I'm sighting in a bow, but the bow doesn't have any sights. So it's all just feel. So if I hit on that outer ring, I know, okay, I need to bring it down into the left to get to the bullseye. And that's what I did with this guy. I just kept finding limits. What can he do? What can't he do? And over the course of the time that we worked together, we took him from zero degrees of motion and a complete reversal of the curve in his neck, which we have on x-ray, normal lordotic curve in the neck bends backwards for your listeners who don't know. His curve was basically completely reversed and pointing in the, in the wrong direction. He had multiple disc bulges, one of which was severely impinging the nerves, like I said, down into the arm, loss of function in the arm. And over the course of the time that we worked together, we completely put the normal curve back into his neck. We restored full range of motion and recovered the muscle mass and functionality of the damaged limb. And that took nine months. Wow. Nine months, but that's the worst neck I've ever seen. And of course, pain went from off the charts to zero and completely... Re- gave this guy's life back. And that changed the course of my career because I saw what it was to take a person who was in the darkest, deepest hole and to give them hope and then to deliver on that promise over the course of time. A lot of times people with chronic pain run into problems because practitioners don't have the patience to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I saw what it was to hold this guy's hand through that process and guide him out of that hole and back into the light. And actually, it's funny, this was years ago. And I just saw him like two weeks ago. I hadn't, he and his wife moved to Portugal and they came back and he came in to visit me and, and he's retired and doing great and fully functional and still pain-free. And it was fun to kind of to, to reminisce with him on that process. I have the before and after x-rays and, and we kind of laughed about it. It was life-changing for him and it was life-changing for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, because all of a sudden, you know, helping somebody to run a race a quarter of a second faster seems so small Mm -hmm. perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's, that's what led me to chronic pain. And then, and then the take on it was switched in that moment from almost, you don't even need to communicate with the patient verbally beyond a certain level, because if you can kind of key in on the physical signs, that will give you pretty much all the information you need. So he and I got to a point where we worked together for a period of time where we didn't even need to speak because I could see if he, a facial expression or, or a little twinge of his mouth or how his arm responded when I got him in. And so it was like this, it just was this perfect dance where like we knew exactly how far I could take him. And I knew how he was re- going to respond just because I had this amazing experiment where I got to work with the same person for an extended period of time and really kind of dial this process in. And then, like I said, that was the beginning of my career. And it got to the point where the words that people were telling me almost became a distraction. So I I had a a conversation with with another clinician and I jokingly said, you know, I'm envious of veterinarians 
because <laughs> they don't have words getting in the way. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, chronic pain is circuitous and it lies and it, it, it distracts and you know, the physical aspect of it is so pure. It just, the physical aspect never lies. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I have this expression that I'll t- t- tell to my patients a lot. I'm like, well, do, do you want me to get rid of your pain or do you want me to solve the problem? <laughs> okay. You know, so that, that's something. And, and there's a lot of extensions of the joke over the years, but, you know, cause everybody kind of, they start off with, well, just get rid of the pain. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's, that's a very nice thing to do for a person, but we've seen in the conventional medical model, the trouble that you can get into when you just focus on pain, just reference opioids. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you know, and then I, and then I make the argument often to patients that if you've got your hand on a burning hot stove and I get rid of the pain, but leave your hand on the stove, I haven't, I haven't done you a favor. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that's actually a, it's, it's a severe a severe problem when people are born with an inability to sense pain. Pain is a survival mechanism that's critically important. It's a guide. Mm-hmm. It tells us when we're heading in the right direction and when we're heading in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And so it's so important to be able to speak that language. And unfortunately, it's just a skill that because of our modern fast-paced lifestyle, it's like, I don't have time for that. Right. You know, yeah. I got to get back to these likes on Instagram. <laughs> you know, got to get back to the important stuff. I know, right? <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of a, a long winded explanation of how I got here. And, and basically my role at this point in the clinic is more of an interpreter and guide for people than anything else. I don't enjoy doing things for people as much as I did at the beginning of my career. Now I enjoy showing them how to do for themselves and then explaining to them like, Hey, this is what it means when that happens. And this is what you do in response to it. So like, I want to teach them to speak the language. And then I just want to give them a huge tool belt and Mm -hmm. understanding of when it's appropriate to use which tool. So like Mm -hmm. my biggest victory now is when somebody comes in and I haven't seen them in months or years, or they went on a, on a long trip and they're like, Hey, when I was on my trip, such and such happened. And I knew exactly what to do about it. And I'm like, yes, that's, that's my victory. Yeah. Love that. that. And uh, no, and thank you for sharing the story. I mean, these moments, right. They're just pivotal moments that change the course of our career and our trajectory in life. And what a gift when looking back on it. Um, Of course, we don't like when anyone suffers, you know, what a gift. And, you know, there's so many things I want to chat about. And, you know, just to comment there too, I, I really resonate and agree with you. Our job as a physician and as doctors is, you know, facilitators, collaborators, you know, we're kind of getting out of that savior fix it, you know, um, kind of mindset, I think really is just what I, you know, what I really enjoy, how I enjoy working with people as well. So no, I think, especially when you're in this dynamic, when people have pain, you want to take it away, you want to fix it, you want to solve the problem. And so I'm glad your journey has led you into this uh, whole other um, really rewarding relationship to be with patients. And I guess I'm super curious, and I know a big part of our conversation today is going to be like, so what happened with this patient? How do you really fix um, his pain? You know, so, you know, you had this idea and you had this strategy and it took time, but, you know, when you reflect back, like, how did you rehabilitate his body? So that's, we used movement strategies. Mm-hmm. The first thing is because he'd been in pain for so long, mm-hmm. he was hypersensitized to everything. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a tendency, like you said, like we get so far ahead of ourselves. We want to treat it before we even know what we're dealing with. That's a really dangerous thing. The first thing is to understand what was going on. So we had this hypersensitization, which made it impossible to do a complete physical exam because you know, because you've been in practice long enough that there are some people who are unable to perform the tests that we need to do to get a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what do you do when you have a a checkbox across your entire exam form? That's like unable to perform. Mm -hmm. So that's literally what it was with this guy. He had severe positives on compression tests uh, a good positive on a distraction test. So we know that there's neuroforaminal compression. We know that the nerves are involved. We know that there's pr- very probable disc involvement. I had an x-ray, not an MRI or a CT. So I didn't know if it was a herniation or a, or a bulge. 
I always play the Vegas odds on those ones. So I'm always going to go with bulge until I have some kind of definitive diagnosis, whether they're not responding clinically or, or if I have a, a picture to show me that, that I'm wrong. So in his case, what I did was he had a, a sidedness to the problem. So like I said, one arm was affected much more than the other. So what I did was I, I, again, I just, I just played the Vegas odds on it. And I said, well, if I try and take him one direction, he just like, you can just see the face just light up. Whereas if I took him the other direction, I saw that I had maybe one degree to play with in a few weeks. And I worked that direction and I completely avoided the painful side. Mm-hmm. One of my biggest pet peeves is this idea of no pain, no gain, mm-hmm. which I'm hesitant to say it may work for some people sometimes, but it does not work for people in chronic pain and it does not work for people with sensitization. Like if you do that to somebody who's sensitized, all you did was shove them deeper into that hole and make it harder to get them out of it. So you cannot inflict pain on a person who's in pain. So that's what I realized very early on with him is I can't take him in one direction. So we exclusively worked and I'm talking for the first probably six weeks, the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. which for pain management, what I learned in school, completely wrong. Mm -hmm. What I just did there. So I went completely against the grain. If I would have done that in my clinicals, it wouldn't have gone well for me. (laughs) You would be having this conversation. Yeah. In rounds, they would have have made a a laughing stock of me, but um, in this case, it was appropriate. And so I worked with that one degree for the first few weeks. After a few weeks, it became two degrees. And it became four. And what it was more than physically altering that tissue was altering his mental state. Mm -hmm. So that freeze, the muscle spasms that he were in, this is an important concept. The body does not want to muscle spasm. Mm -hmm. It does not want to. It will only do that out of necessity. So I tell that to my patients and and it's a simple concept, but it's a very important concept because you cannot force open a muscle spasm. The muscle spasm is put there by the brain to protect something. Mm -hmm. It's the body's way of putting a cast on something. Mm -hmm. If the body does not need that cast anymore, the brain will happily not spend that metabolic energy to force a muscle contraction. We're designed for maximal efficiency to ensure our survival. We do not like spending extra energy. Mm -hmm. So he had these crazy muscle spasms, which were partially responsible for his inability to move. Because of the severity of the damage to the disc and the nerve, his body said, I'm going to lock this area down to make sure that you don't damage it further. Mm -hmm. So what I showed his brain over the course of those few weeks is it was okay to move in this one particular motion, very slowly, very controlled while paying attention to the signals that you're getting from your body. And his brain realized I can do this. And it started shutting down the spasm. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it was. When I say it was this dance, it was like, Hey man, I'm not going to force you to do anything. And this is me not even saying it to him, me saying it through my hands to his brain. Right. Yeah. Like you're safe. I got you. Head is resting on the headrest. So he's externally supported. When I put my hands on him, very slow, very delicate, no hard, fast motions, nothing like that. And then I cheated. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll tell you how I did this because a chiropractic adjustment People always have an idea in their head of what that means, but the chiropractic adjustment is a spectrum. It's a spectrum from non-force on one end, where it's maybe a a bolster underneath them and gravity is just pulling the body very gently down to a high-speed, low-amplitude thrust on the other end. Mm -hmm. There's a whole spectrum in between. And so one of the things when I say I cheated is I use an electronic adjusting tool that does these little micro pulses. Mm -hmm. And so after his body started to realize that we can go in this direction and I started gently dragging that tissue to, to force a prolonged stretch on it, Mm -hmm. but very slow. It was like, I would ramp up slowly over time, watching his face to see how hard I could go. And then I started having him actively do that while I added a thousand little micro adjustments to restore motion to the, to the joints that weren't moving. Mm. and to start driving that normal curve back into the neck. 
And so I could do a thousand in, you know, a very short time with that electric tool with him feeling nothing but like a little and that's it. And every one of those little is talking to his brain. It's okay to move this joint. It's okay to move this joint. As long as there's no conflicting information saying, ouch, his brain will give it to me. And so all I did was, like I said, tenacity. I just kept <laughs> doing these little things and I didn't try and take more than his body was willing to give me. And then as time went on and he felt safer and safer, and we were doing some things too, to speed up the repair of the disc. You know, I, I cheated there too. I used a gold <laughs> laser and, and I was amplifying the repair of the disc and, and removing inflammation from the area in the neural foramen. And, and so I was, I was using a lot of things. And then as time went on and, and I was able to take a little bit more, I started easing more curvature back into the neck and doing some spinal molding. And then we went into like later on, we went into full-blown posture correction with uh, counterweighting and things like this, where I'm actually activating his postural muscles for extended periods of time and retraining his brain into an upright posture. All the stuff that I did at the end was only possible because of that easy stuff we did at the beginning, mm -hmm. uh, which, was, which was just based on understanding the language that his body was speaking. Mm -hmm. but, I mean, honestly, like I said, that was, that was a game changer for me because anybody would have examined him and said, he's a neurosurgeon. He's a neurosurgery case. Like there's, he can't do it. Mm -hmm. And so it, when that happened, it's like all of a sudden, like, well, if they told me that that wasn't possible in school, then what else is possible that they told me was not possible? You know, mm -hmm. if I'm willing to put in the time and the effort and the, and so it, it just kind of created these cracks and like, well, I better start asking more questions mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. the outcome is not predetermined. Mm -hmm. I like yeah. that. And no, thank you for kind of illustrating and sharing. It's like that dance, right? Of with his body, his brain, his neurology, you know, all of this um, that led to the result. And again, I agree, like, um, you know, we're taught, you know, one thing and then life teaches us, you know, this whole other, you know, huge other perspective and this whole other tool, uh, toolkit, as you mentioned earlier, Yoni, you've talked about really, you know, a big part of your work, taking this one patient experience and really helping so many now um, with, you know, those who are listening who might be in chronic pain, I guess, taking a broader level um, bird's eye view, like, why do you think people like have so much chronic pain in society right now? Why do you think it's, it's really quite an epidemic, I would say, of yes. chronic pain? Um, what have you learned over the years or underlying causes of that? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll touch on just the nature of the question first. It's it's one and a half billion people worldwide. No way. Wow. One and a half billion people wow. and increasing. Mm. This is the really important thing to understand about this because it's getting worse, not better. Mm. And the leading medical journals that are talking about this, like the Lancet, like some of the most well-respected journals in the world. So this is not my opinion, just full disclosure. <laughs> the reason that they're saying this is happening two main reasons. Number one, worldwide aging of the population, which is great. We're living longer, mm -hmm. but maybe not so great if the quality of life during those final years is dropping significantly. So the second reason, critically important, is a global population shift away from undeveloped regions of the world to more developed regions of the world. And the significance of that the parentheses there is adoption of the modern lifestyle. Mm. And so when you ask the question of why is it such a problem, it's a modern lifestyle issue. It's, it's a modern lifestyle issue in that it's basically an input problem. We have an input problem in modern society where we are either not putting in things that are necessary for us to be able to function normally, or we're putting in things that we shouldn't be. Yeah. So the classic example here. Uh, if we're talking again, Vegas odds, the, the, what's going to help the most of that one and a half billion people that are in chronic pain, we have with the adoption of the modern lifestyle, we're sedentary. Mm -hmm. This is a huge problem for a body that is made to be in constant motion. That's what we're designed for. We're not designed to be powerlifting all day long, <laughs> but we're not designed any more so to be sitting all day long, which is what most people do. Another example of uh, an inappropriate input would be the crazy high amount of time that we spend in what are called flexion-based activities. When you hear flexion-based activities, you think of fetal position. 
activities that put us in a fetal position. Beyond the time that we are in the womb, the fetal position is not an appropriate human position. It's the position that we go into when we're racked with pain or when we're being attacked by a bear. It's a stress position. Mm -hmm. It's a position of fear and submission and pain and defeat. You know, if somebody has an appendicitis, they go into, they go into that, that position. And so it's, we're adopting degrees of that position from the time that we start in school, Mm -hmm. sit in a desk, tuck your hips into 90 degrees, bend your knees and put your head down with your arms. Exactly. (laughs) And, and it's just translates to so many problems. We have research now from six different modern day studies that show that the incidence of forward head position in modern society is 70% across age ranges. So I'm seeing it in children. And the significance of that forward head position is a a reversal of the normal curve in the neck. And the significance of that is when we're born into the world, we come into the world in a fetal position. Mm -hmm. It's called a primary curve in the spine. Secondary curve in the spine, the first that develops is the curve in the neck. The curve in the neck develops so that we can hold our head up with a minimum of muscular effort and we can locate food, shelter, safety, Mm -hmm. mom and dad. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's what that's designed for. The second secondary curve to develop is in the lower back. That's so that we can sit up unassisted, Mm -hmm. begin to stand and start walking. And then the third and final secondary curve to develop is the curve in the bottom of the foot arch of the foot, which recycles energy when we walk as much as 40%. Again, we are efficiency creatures. Mm -hmm. So all of these things are necessary in order for us to be an upright, functional human being. And we essentially have a lifestyle now that is directly in opposition to that. We are training the secondary curves out of our body. And I can't tell you what percentage of people have come into my clinic over the years that are very similar to the story that I gave you already. They've been to see multiple other doctors. They've tried things that haven't worked and they're frustrated. They're fed up. They're stressed out. They hurt. And it might be as simple as restoring normal structure to the body. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to say that that's the only issue that they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Chronic pain is often multifactorial, Mm -hmm. right? Very often, which is awesome because it means there's a lot of ways in. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different ways to help this person. and. How could anybody ever say that one way of helping a person is better than another way or that one way of helping a person is invalid? I would never say that. What I would say is this is a very easy way to help a person. Mm -hmm. You brought your car to me and said, it's driving weird and your wheels were out of alignment. Mm -hmm. We have a standard of this is what a wheel that's in alignment looks like. Anything that's out of alignment is by definition, out of the normal range. It's not reasonable to expect that vehicle to function properly when it's out of normal range. And yet we have people walking around wondering why their body is not functioning properly when they're so far out of normal that it's it's crazy. And we have a conventional medical system that doesn't even acknowledge those things. I mean, the vast majority of the x-rays that I read, there's no commentary on the alignment of the spine. Unless it's a scoliosis, a a lateral deviation, but they don't talk about the normal secondary curves of the body. Losing the normal secondary curves is a massive problem and it's a massive stressor on the body. And when you're talking about chronic pain, it's a cumulative effect of multiple stressors coming in over time. And the body's like, ah. (laughs) So when you're talking about a complex regional pain syndrome or fibromyalgia or something like that, these people have so many levels of stressors coming into their body and pain is a stressor. That's the way the brain interprets it. That any area where you can shave off some of that stress is going to improve their situation. You could help them to sleep better. You could improve their diet. You could increase their hydration status. You could do physical body work. You could give that person a hug. You could send them off to do volunteer work. All of these things have been shown to translate to lower pain levels in the body. It's just amazing. It's a, it's a cumulative stress situation, but a physical way is so obvious. 70% of the population walking around with a forward head position, I can see the problem. <laughs> no matter what clothes you're wearing, I can see the problem. I can see it. And then I can confirm it with some very easy tests. So the, the physical exam in my office is 
very, very, very basic. Any five-year-old passes it with flying colors and they think it's fun and it feels good, but very few adults can pass it. And it's not because it's challenging. It's because nobody, nobody looked at it. Like, can you turn your head as far as you're supposed to be able to turn your head? Like, that's what I ask people to do. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm like, yeah. Can, yeah. You turn, <laughs> can you turn it 85 or 90 degrees over your shoulder? And is yeah. it pain-free for you to do that? Because if it hurts, something's wrong. That should not hurt. Yeah. So it's like basic stuff like this. And, and it's just amazing. It's, it's amazing to see what happens when you take a person who cannot function normally and just restore normal function. That's it. That's mm -hmm. it. Like hands off afterwards. Let's just see what we got. Like, mm -hmm. can you get down and up off the ground? Cause it's correlated with longevity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, in a major way, it's like, these are big things. And that's really the issue with the chronic pain problem now is a lifestyle that is incongruent with optimal function or even normal function. You could mm -hmm. go so far as to say, if you were to go to any of the blue zones in the world, I'm sure you're familiar with that concept, but for your listeners who are not familiar, uh, the, the blue zones are the areas in the world where people are consistently living to be over 100 with such a high incidence that researchers started taking note and they started saying like, huh, I wonder what these people are doing and what can we learn from them? Right. These people are active. One of the blue zones is Okinawa. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about people who get down and up off the floor multiple times a day mm -hmm. and they maintain full functionality into their nineties. You know, I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Like the discrepancy between the people of Icaria in their nineties and Americans in their fifties. I mean, you've got people in Icaria that are that are walking and upright and functioning beautifully and Americans in their 50s who are not not anywhere close. Mm -hmm. It's really a lifestyle issue. And I, and I know that you deal with epigenetics in your in your in your practice. And, and the idea here is we're altering the outcome from our inputs, from our lifestyle inputs, from our choices, from our diets, from our habits, from what we do and we don't do every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's just, you know, especially in American modern society, the bar is so low with how we think what normal health is or what optimal health is. It's like, oh, I feel fine. And then like 30 symptoms later, you know, like in, as you're saying, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. And then, you know, as um, people come into your office and they really see all of this restricted movement and not feeling, you know, free in their body. I mean, I think ultimately you know, pain is so debilitating because it keeps people out of life. And when you are in chronic pain, you're not your true self, I believe, because you're, you know, when you're in that painful state, um, you only have, you know, you're in survival, right? You can only do so much. And so, no, I think it's always good to, you know, remind people and have these conversations. I mean, my audience is pretty attuned, but at the same time, just we shouldn't settle like, oh, I'm getting older or, you know, oh, that's normal or, you know, what have you. I mean, we, we are meant to age gracefully and well and to live, you know, these really beautiful, fulfilled lives. You know, that's my perspective. And so, so Yoni, you've um, obviously you have your hands-on practice. You still see patients, which is great. And you've learned so much and you help people. And I know that you've been passionate about like, okay, how do I take this information and allow more people access to this within their home environment? And I know you have a pain fix protocol and you've created some tools. And I would just love um, for you to have the opportunity to share those with my audience today because I'm very solutions oriented. And, you know, I'm always trying to give people, you know, more resources, more tools in their toolkit as well so that they can, yeah, just feel as good as possible. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I would just tack on to what you said. I love what you said about their not being them true selves while they're in pain. Mm -hmm. Couldn't agree more. I can't tell you how many people I've met over the years where I thought their personality was one way. And yeah. then over the course of the time of working with them, I'm like, wow, you're a completely different person. Yeah. So yeah. That's a really fun transition. Now, regarding the pain fix protocol, this is something that I struggled with internally for a long time because as a practitioner, I'm so used to being able to do everything that's required to help that person. And part of that was the hands on work or at least being able to do the assessment myself to communicate effectively with this person. So I wrestled with myself for a long time on it. And what I ended up doing when I codified the system is I included a very thorough self-assessment in the mm -hmm. program. 
And I, there's videos for each of the assessments and I walk people through and I want them to understand what it means because the program ended up being kind of a choose your own adventure. Mm-hmm. It can't be a one size fits all because people are different mm-hmm. and they come into the situation or they come into our clinics with very different baggage, mm-hmm. you know, different life experiences, different situations, different injuries, different all of that. Mm -hmm. And so it needed to be choose your own adventure in order for me to feel good about it. And so everything starts off with a very thorough self-assessment. And then it winds into there's eight different programs ranging from people who are dealing with neck issues to people who are dealing with shoulder issues, low back problems, hips, knees, um, feet and ankles, hands and hands and wrists. So there's, there's different programs And what the self-assessment does is it guides people through which of the programs is going to be most appropriate for them and give them the most bang for the buck in terms of lowering those cumulative stress levels that we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. So I don't want them going out and doing everything. I want them doing the few things every day that are going to give them the most reward for the time that they put in. And when I say most reward, what I mean is to have them functioning at a higher level. And in the process of doing that, the pain levels will recede. And that happening is just a side effect of returning the body to normal functionality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's really the cool thing here is when you're understanding what's happening here, it's not a program that is at its first tier designed to eliminate pain. It's a program that its first tier is designed to restore normal function and normal structure to the body. And when you have normal structure and normal function, you don't hurt. But it's important that the cart doesn't go in front of the horse. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, because that idea that I was saying to you earlier, do you want me to get rid of the pain or do you want me to solve the problem? If you want me to get rid of the pain, you got a headache, I'll just stomp on your foot. You won't feel your head anymore. (laughs) But if we want to fix the problem, we need to look a little deeper and we need to understand. And I, I love it when people take this message the right way. So I want to be careful in how I explain it, Mm -hmm. that the results that they're getting are correlated with what they're doing. And so if they change what they're doing, they can change the result that they're getting. And now this is meant to be an empowering message Mm -hmm. because it's meant to give a person who's in chronic pain, who feels like, oh, why is this happening to me? The understanding that like, hey, I have some measure of control over this situation. Mm -hmm. If I do X, then Y happens. But if I do A, then B happens. Mm -hmm. It takes a finely tuned eye or or it takes you to be finely tuned to what your body is doing and how you're feeling to sense it at first. Like I said, with that patient that I was working with, it came very slow at first. Mm -hmm. But if you can sensitize and know what you're looking for and be attuned into the signals that your body's telling you, then you start to realize like, wow, I have the power to affect my situation. And if I go a little bit this way, my body will respond to what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And then you start to realize that like, hey, this adds up over time. I'm building up equity in the system. I'm building up momentum. I always tell people like, you're in a hole right now. My my goal is to to put a little dirt under your feet so that your head starts poking out of that hole. And then I'm going to add more dirt over time. And then we're going to start getting your your whole neck out of that hole. And then we're going to build you up to the point where your feet are on the ground again. Mm -hmm. And then now you're at the point where you're fun. Now, what do you love to do? Do you love to dance? Well, let's get you back to that. You know, like, but just getting people out of that hole is, is really what the pain fix protocol is about. Mm -hmm. And what I did was I I created a few products that go with the pain fix protocol. One of which is a posture correction device Mm -hmm. and it's done. um, It's the only posture correction device that is physiologically appropriate. And that's a, that's a bold statement. But the reason for this is, is a posture correction device, posture functions subconsciously. We don't have to think about being upright. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have to think about being upright, I'll say, any more so than we should have to think about breathing or beating our heart. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, our autonomic takes care of it for us so that we can function on higher order stuff, like having a conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So a posture correction device has to function on that subconscious level in order for it to be valid in terms of its carryover to daily life. Mm -hmm. In other words, if you have to think about being upright 
all the time. Sooner or later, that thought process is going to fail because you're going to have to think about avoiding a car accident. Or did I remember to get the the correct groceries at the store or some, some higher order task. So you can't be focused on your posture all the time. It has to function subconsciously. Then I created a pillow that is all natural materials, which I'm very proud of. And it, it helps to restore the normal curve into the neck and do some gentle molding while a person sleeps at night. The reason why I'm particularly proud of this pillow is because it's fully adjustable. Mm. So I can take that person that I spoke about at the beginning of this conversation with the reverse curve and I can pull almost all the fill out of there and just put the smallest amount of curve and set him up for success. And then I can add in more fill over time as he gets a little bit more curve okay. and I can put more curve into the neck. And then it's, it's, a, it's a building process over time, allowing people to be successful. And then I'll spill the beans that I have a, a new webinar that's going to release in November on a couple of supplements that I've been working on for months and months, and they are finally here. And this is a uh, total joint support and all natural pain relief. We've got five substances in these supplements along with 15 others, but the five that I'm speaking of specifically have been shown in multiple studies to be just as effective as non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs with zero side effects. That's huge. So non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, just so you know, responsible for over 100,000 hospitalizations each year and over 16,500 deaths in just arthritis sufferers alone. And yet they are first tier in the conventional medical system, despite all the side effects, despite the fact that they cause little bits of bleeding in our intestinal tract with every time you take them. Mm -hmm. And so it was critically important for me to have options for people, like we said, they're stressed on multiple levels. Some people are not able to do some of the physical things that they need to do to relieve their situation at first. And by giving them some nutritional support, so anybody can take a capsule or mix a powder and take a drink of it. And this is just one more way that we're going to allow people to be successful with very little time investment and just trying to get as many people out of pain as possible. Well, no, it sounds like an incredible um, toolkit, again, that you created. And I love how you um, have a track where you individualize education so people can really understand, you know, the underlying causes and really their path and roadmap forward. I think that's brilliant. And I was, you know, as we're talking, I know you shared the links and I, I'm excited to, um, you know, explore these tools with my own patients. So I, you know, see your attraction and the, uh, the pillow and, you know, you see this trend with pillows and they all look like these kind of, to me, they look pretty uncomfortable. A lot of these kind of like one kind of module kind of brick-like kind of, you know, things to kind of get the curve and the, you know, the natural curve and the cervical spine, but this looks, you know, rather comfortable. So no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really excited to try this. And then I have to ask, and I know that you'll have a lot of education around this, but um, I'm always looking for more pain relief tools. So can you give us a little preview of what um, ingredients you have in your, your product that makes it unique? Yes. Um, so one of the things, geez, there's 20 in there. So I'll, I'll give you highlights some highlights. The top, the top. Uh, yeah. So PEA, which is one oh, that, people, yeah. Yeah. Uh, endocannabinoid, amazing yeah. research on PEA, really, really impressive. One of my, one of the studies that absolutely blew my mind was they took like 600 patients, chronic pain patients who had been through conventional medical treatments and all failed. Yeah. Every single one of them was successful with PEA treatment and significantly lowering their pain in, I believe, eight weeks. That's awesome. I've used PEA over the years as more like a neuro anti-inflammatory, but that's really awesome and a unique ingredient. So yeah, PEA is one of 20. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 <laughs> PEA is a big one. Collagen, but uh -huh. specifically UC2, which is type two collagen that's uh -huh. undenatured. Nice. Now, for your listeners that don't have the background, the significance of denatured versus undenatured is huge. And cost-wise, just for those that are interested in sourcing undenatured, is 10 times the cost of denatured collagen. And here's the reason why. Proteins have a three-dimensional structure, and I'm sure you know this, but some mm -hmm. of your listeners might not. The three-dimensional mm -hmm. structure essentially functions like a key. Mm -hmm. And the body has receptors that function like a lock. Mm -hmm. 
And that key has to fit perfectly into that lock in order to get the desired result in the body. Mm -hmm. As soon as you denature something, it means you've altered the three-dimensional structure, which means you've altered the shape of the key, Mm -hmm. which means you can throw all the denatured type two collagen you want into the body. And some of it, very small percentage might squeak in, but undenatured type two collagen is absolutely amazing in what it can do in the body. Mm-hmm. So that's an ingredient that's in there. There's been, I think, 18 different studies on UC2 type 2 collagen showing that it's just as effective as non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Oh, great. Yeah. 18 I, different ones. And I, I think we're in like a modern life is kind of a collagen crisis you know, yes. lifestyle, you know, yes. for all the reasons we could do a whole podcast on, you know, from glyphosate to what have you, um, disrupting it. And I'm a big fan of like the fascia and connective tissue and the lymphatic system and how, you know, really collagen carries water in the body, you know, as well. So I, I think that's brilliant that you're adding um, that specific collagen that's unique. So we've also got type one and type three collagen peptides in there. We've got a super hefty dose, uh, 10 grams, 10,000 milligrams, um, which is all sourced from Argentina and pastured cattle. So we're using extremely high end ingredients across the board. I take it every day. My mother had a major surgery a few months back and I wanted something that was going to help her. So it's all the same stuff that I would give my own mother. Uh, a heavy, hefty dose of hyaluronic acid, which is a biggie. Again, if you're into fascia, you're all about hyaluronic (laughs) acid. It's basically like WD-40 for your joints. Mm -hmm. There's solid research on it showing that it's very well absorbed in the body when taken orally. So it's a big thing that they're putting into makeup and face creams and moisturizers and stuff, Mm -hmm. but it absorbs way better when you take it orally. So that's a biggie. If you're big on collagen, you'll also appreciate this. We've got a hefty dose of organic rose hips oh, nice. because vitamin C drastically helps with collagen absorption in the body. Um, there's also some really interesting research on rose hips and resolving arthritic conditions and complex regional pain problems. So really cool stuff on that. I'm very proud of that. We've got Mariva. Uh-huh. Uh, which is, uh, you're already nodding your head, but uh, 20 ti- 29 times more absorbable than, than standard curcumin. So that cur- everybody knows curcumin works. I believe it's the most researched nutraceutical in the world. Fabulous list of benefits, but the problem with curcumin is just getting it into the cell. Right. And mm-hmm. so the, the studies on it have shown that in order to get the right serum concentrations in the blood, you got to take like 12 grams of standard curcumin which you're talking some major intestinal upset with that amount. So we went with Mariva because 29 times more absorbable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want anybody to have to take 12 grams yeah. to get the results. <laughs> um, so so that's that's touching on it. Another thing, one of the secret ingredients that I put into this is uh, fulvic and humic acids. Yeah, good idea. Yeah. yeah, just driving up absorption. So the whole thing is we've got therapeutic doses of every single one of the 20 ingredients. Mm-hmm. So We looked at all the research on these ingredients and we said, what is the dosing that they're using in the studies to get this result? So one of the sneaky little things that a lot of supplement companies will do is, oh, we have glucosamine sulfate in our product. How much do you have? 600 milligrams. Okay. The therapeutic dose is 1500 milligrams. Right. So there's no, it's a little bit of the wild west in the supplement industry. And there's no regulation. And so people can say we have this thing in there. But if, if you were doing the same thing with a pharmaceutical drug and you said, okay, the, the dose that you need to get the effect is, is a hundred milligrams, but we're giving you 60 milligrams or we're giving you 40 milligrams. It wouldn't be legal to do that because you're misleading the person that they're going to get such and such effect but you're not giving them the amount that they need to get that effect. So we've got therapeutic doses of everything. And then we went that extra step and we added fulvic and humic acids to open up those cell walls and drive the nutrients in. And and fulvic and humic acids are included in both supplements to, to up absorption. Oh, that's awesome. I want to try it and I want to um, share that with my patients. I have, um, again, you know, everything from, you know, autoimmune conditions that are creating, you know, pain syndromes to chronic infections to, you know, what have you. And so, and that's, and that's the always the thing we know these ingredients, as you said, they have a lot of clinical research. There's a lot of great data and then, you know, finding the right product and combination of ingredients and at the therapeutic doses, the, you know, art of medicine. So thank you for creating this. I'm excited. This, um, this is awesome. 
all aligned with how I think about things. So I'm, I'm really excited. What I really wanted yeah. to do with it is, yeah. is have them all in one place. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and my uh, full disclosure, I wanted to put them all into one yeah. and, and I really couldn't because the, the dosages of there's one powder and there's one pill mm-hmm. because the doses of, of the collagen is so large. Yeah. I couldn't get it into pill form. Hey, people can have a powder drink and a, you know, pill that, you know, I think people will be more than happy to do that. Um, if it relieves their pain. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, and so, um, yeah, I'm excited. I, I actually hadn't planned on talking about that, but, but yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I, I love I, that you I, were, free. I just, you know, I, um, I love doing podcasts, not only to share information with my audience, but I always learn so much and, you know, literally my patient at 1045 has RA. So I'm thinking at, you know, um, about her, you know, as we're, as we're talking. So, you One know, of the really interesting things about RA that I discovered when we were mm-hmm. is uh, people with RA tend to have blood levels of vitamin C that are 50% lower than, than the normal population. Mm-hmm. And so there's some interesting research on vitamin C and rheumatoid arthritis, really, really fascinating. And you're talking about a substance that's cheap, readily available yeah. and like zero side effects, unless right. you're taking some massive doses. So, um, so yeah, re- really cool stuff that you can do. I, I just, I just love things where you're putting in like so little effort and the upside is so big. And then the fact that the safety profile was just like across the board, yes. glorious. One other one that's in there that, that I might, I've just been blown away on the research is uh serapeptase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been, you know, we're aligned again. So I, with, you know, the current crisis and everything too. Um, I've just been really cognizant of people's vascular system and, you know, blood coagulation and all of that. And so I've been using enzymes for years, but I've landed on serapeptase for inflammation and coagulation currently. So I'm, so that's in the product as well. Yes. And awesome. and the research on serapeptase is like, mind yeah. blowing. Yeah. Yeah. You're creating it all. You're making my job really easy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited to, re- to release the supplement. We, we've yeah. had amazing feedback with the beta testers and, uh, and I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to get it out there. Yeah. Well, no, though, as you, as you shared, this is an epidemic and a crisis and we need more tools that are um, healthy for people that not only solve their problem, but not with all the huge uh, risk profile that many of the solutions um, out there have. So no, I I can't thank you enough for your work and it's really fun to get to know you and um, everything that you're doing. And I'm excited to bring this into my patient base and my community. And um, if people want to find out more about uh, your work and your products and all of that good stuff. We'll have it in the show notes, but I'd love for you to um, share uh, right now where is the best link to find you. Yeah, painfixprotocol.com. Everything can be found there from information about the program and the online store contains all of the information. We have full transparency on the supplements. There's no proprietary anything in there. We tell you exactly what's in there and in what amounts. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Dr. Witten. It's really lovely. I know your brother, so it's so nice to get to know you. And uh, you've been nice talking brilliant. to you. As well. Your mom did something really right, creating two brilliant <laughs> boys. So, yeah, no. So, no, thank you so much for being on the podcast and all your brilliant work. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to the Spectrum of Health podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Dr. Witten. He gave us a lot of tools and a lot of solutions, and I hope you try them out if you're in chronic pain. His website, again, is painfixprotocol.com. And if you are enjoying these podcasts, I would be so grateful if you would leave a review on iTunes. Have a beautiful day.